Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, welcome back to Pulse to the Wall. I am your host, Mike Paul. Hope you guys are enjoying our little break from uh, political discussion. Um, last week's episode on, uh, was Nick and I on the Kelly Patrick show. Um, that had been recorded several weeks ago. Um, I, obviously, we didn't get an episode out. Um, our calendars didn't quite line up with the guests we were hoping to get, so I had, the, had that episode in the bag for a while. Figured it was a good time to post it, um, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it gives you a little more backstory about Nick and myself and, and what kind of led us down this path to uh, start this podcast. Um, this episode is completely different um, pretty much from anything else we've ever done. I've done one automotive episode with Ryan Brutt, uh, the auto archaeologist, way back in the, the first 10 episodes. But um, this one, it was... A bizarre story. Um, for those of you who have been listening for a long time, you'll know that I am a lifelong gearhead. Um, I could honestly talk more about cars than than politics all day long. Um, with enthusiasm, you know, I talk about politics because I hate it. I don't enjoy talking about politics. It just gets me fired up, and I'm passionate about my stances. Um, but cars, I really enjoy. Like that's just pure pleasure to talk about for me. Um, among a lot of other hobbies, too, that hopefully we can kind of uh, dig a little deeper into in the future. But as life goes on, it's a very common story that, you know, your toys and um, luxury items such as classic and performance cars kind of go on the back burner once you have babies. Paying insurance, keeping mice out of them keeping things running, keeping batteries up, keeping tires from going flat. Uh, It just becomes a headache and a liability, and you're just like, I'm not going to drive this thing for the next six years. What's the point? So fast cars, classic cars all kind of take a back seat uh, once you have little kids, especially multiple like I do. And I finally sold my last classic car. And I've had north of 50, I'll call fun cars, since I turned 16, um, and I, I used to buy and sell, keep them for a few months, upgrade, get the next fastest car I could afford. Um, I love, like, the LS-powered GM cars, a um, couple of classic Pontiac GTOs, muscle cars, things like that. Um, I was always changing around, getting different cars. But the one car I kept longer than any car I've ever had is my 59 Buick LeSabre um, that's completely custom, and I've had it. The kids love it. It's uh, I've had it <laughs> longer than I've known my wife. Um, so it was kind of hard to come to the decision to sell this. But I put the feelers out on, on Facebook, and a woman responded that had to have it. Um, I didn't put a price on it. We, uh, we started direct messaging, and we came together on a price. She gives her husband my phone number. 
her husband goes to call me and goes, oh, shit, I know this guy. This is Mike Paul. He used to host a podcast called The Motor Madhouse, which the logo from my old podcast is still on the door of the car that I had for sale. Her husband used to host a podcast called The Rust Culture Project, and I had one called The Motor Madhouse uh, in 2016. We both started our podcasts. And we kind of did a cross-promotion trying to grow our shows back in the, the early days of our first podcast. He had since dissolved his first show. I had dissolved my first show. We both started new podcasts, and we've reconnected by his wife buying my car off of a 59 Buick Facebook group. Um, so they haven't picked it up yet. They they're sent some money down, and they're planning a road trip to come get it. And uh, I couldn't be happier that it's going to do these people. Um, but their new podcast is called The Custom Couple. That's custom with a K. Um, so this is Matt and Sam. And this is us kind of <laughs> talking cars, talking about this bizarre story, which we get to in the, on the back half of the episode. But, I mean, just what a fun story. This is I, – I could not – I had a, some really hard feelings about getting rid of this thing. Like, it, I, don't, I don't need to sell it. It just makes – it doesn't make sense to keep it. You know, I need space. I could use the money back. It, so, but it was like, you know, I could keep it. You know, I don't, I don't need to sell it. So I was going back and forth, back and forth. But now that I see where it's going, it's going to these guys, I cannot be happier. So that car will be heading to San Antonio, Texas to these guests from this episode, Sam and Matt from the Custom Couple Podcast. Enjoy. In here. And then you don't oh. want to be mean and tell them that the sound isn't great after you yep. said it like four times. You're like, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Recording in progress. We'll let that record as well. Mike, welcome to the custom couple. What's going on, man? Man, thanks for having me. It's a uh, pretty crazy story how we got here. I'm sure we'll get to, but uh, yeah. man, it's, uh, it's truly an honor. <laughs> For real, man. Uh, yeah, it, it's totally nuts, like the way that the, the world just lines up sometimes and uh, paths get crossed. Um, man, I listened to your podcast, I'm sure at the same time when I was trying to do Rust Culture Project, I've, and we constantly, like, I, I always thought, I was like, I need to have mike on our show and do a do something and like years later now it's finally happening so that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah because that was 2017 i think I, I started the motor madhouse podcast with my brother and we only made it 25 episodes um and it was doing really good i just didn't realize how good it was doing at the time um and we were, we were breaking a thousand downloads an episode um by episode 25 but i didn't know if that was good or bad and <laughs> my second child was born and I moved 30 minutes from my son or from my brother. And we, um, doing these kind of Skype interviews was a little harder back then. You could do it, but you had to like pull the audio and sync it up afterwards. It was just way too much time when I had a newborn. So we're like, well, we'll scrap it and do it later. Um, (laughs) and, and, uh, yeah, here we are. So that, that was like a short lived thing that it's, it's incredible. There's still like relationships from that back, you know, five years ago. Dude, you had 25 episodes and they were averaging a thousand downloads per episode. That's amazing. Russ Culture Project put out a hundred episodes, like 99, if not a (laughs) hundred. Yeah, well, it's I really have to thank uh, Rob Kibbe, who hosts the Muscle Car Place. 
uh-huh. he had me on um, to talk about and promote my show. Um, like my after I had my second episode out, I contacted him because that's how I found you too. I just went on iTunes and looked for like all the other car podcasts. And I'm like, yeah, let's network. I want to meet all these people. And Rob's just a super cool salt of the earth guy. He has a massive following and he had me on and it was like, boom, after my episode posted, I got like 4,000 downloads that night. Oh, wow. I was like, Whoa. So those kind of people stuck around. So that was, that was a little bit of a little bit of a uh, kind of a nitrous boost out of the gate that really helped. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize what I had. Now it, that was uh that was uh a podcast that you and your brother did uh what got y'all into cars in the first place you know growing up or did you know was that something that you always had a passion for yeah i mean i was born into a car family uh, my dad restored muscle cars my entire childhood i mean we had hundreds of different cars mostly buicles pontiac 68 to 72 442s gto's uh, Buick Grand Sports and a lot of higher end ones like GSXs and Stage Ones, W30s, Ram Air Fours, Judges. So I was surrounded in this surreal environment as a kid. I got to learn to drive stick on a seventy W34 speed when I was eleven. <laughs> so it was like my first memory in my life actually was uh, my dad had a Boss 302 Mustang in the garage, and I had a Buick GSX model, and I thought it was the same car because they were yellow with black stripes, and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I walked out there and his car had, had the, the slats on the back window. I'm like, Oh damn it. My car doesn't have that. Well, I didn't say damn it back then, but <laughs> um, I was like, I thought we had the same car, but I realized the difference. And then I brought that up to my dad, like 10 years ago. I was like, you had a boss 302 once, didn't you? Cause we didn't have many Fords growing up. And he goes, he goes, yeah. How'd you, how'd you know that? I was like, I remember it. He's like, like that was 92. You were two years old. There's no way you remember that. I was like, no, I, I this is vividly burned into my brain. It may be my first memory in life, but it was picking out the difference from a GSX to a Boss 302. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up just doing restorations on those cars with my dad and drive around the country with a trailer, picking up cars. And, uh, yeah, it was a blast. Learned a lot, made a, made a lot of great connections. Yeah, that's uh, definitely something that I remember from, uh, from your podcast was that y'all – Y'all were a very uh, technical podcast. You had a lot of uh, you know stuff that y'all would talk about that would go very in depth, and yeah, like uh, yeah, you know, I, I was telling Sam about it. And I was like, man, like I remember listening and just like, man, like these guys are actual car guys. I'm just faking this. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> yeah, you know. And- I always feel that way when I look at super good builders because I, you know, I have aspirations to get better at welding and building and stuff. But I've just never really put in the time. I've, you know, I, I do my own maintenance on my cars and stuff, but I would love to do like an LS swap on something and build everything and, um, you know, really take some time to actually learn a bunch of skills. So I always look at those people like, oh, I envy their skill set. I wish I could do that. Like, <laughs> I have a lot of knowledge about the cars, but I need more seat time actually wrenching on them. Right, right. Well, what do you do? Uh, what do you do for a living if, if it's not cars? Um, well, I'm currently in, in a sales job, so I'm in plumbing sales, actually. So I, I travel around quite a bit. I'm in my car a lot. That's kind of what started the podcast idea. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I do like a thousand miles a week. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, I, I log <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of time. I listen to mostly audiobooks or podcasts. So that's nice. kind of where I got the inspiration to be like hey i can do this this would be kind of fun <laughs> that sounds like you when you're traveling as a <laughs> i was nurse. about to say when i was traveling all the time yeah. i was like i need new things to listen to i was like i can't listen to the same song eight thousand oh. times a week like no yeah, it's fun for the first month and then it's like i'm tired of music exactly <laughs> <laughs> 
that and when you when you're uh on the road listening to podcasts it's like uh somebody else is sitting there in the car with you and talking to you and and yeah. uh you know you might be going crazy a little bit but i i think it's healthy for you <laughs> yeah well i mean i i did the math because my i use stitcher and the app actually tracks like how much listening time you have and i've been using it since like 2017 and i think the amount of hours i've listened to is like more than a bachelor's degree <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like in the thousands of hours i'm like oh wow this is like kind of going to school you know and you're interested like you're picking the topics so it's uh you learn quite a bit from them it's it's kind of fun to keep Oh, very, your uh, interests. Very true. See, I got into podcasts uh, because I was trying to start a media company and I didn't really know what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I just thought it'd be cool. And my brother, he is just constantly, you know, always suggesting things. Always, I mean, he's he's always sending us like different books to read and different people to follow and you know, he, he's just always like very into everything uh business-wise. And he turned me on to a podcast called The MF CEO Project. And it's just like this, like in your face kind of uh, guy. His name's Andy Frisella, and he's just like constantly. He's telling his story all the time about you know how he got into being an entrepreneur. And I was just like, man, this guy's freaking awesome. And I listened to everything he ever had. And then I was like, man, this I'm gonna learn everything I want to do for business from this guy. And then I was like, no, I'm just gonna do what he's doing and create a podcast. it's a great path i mean i you know i explain it to um like my employers and stuff because my current podcast is called pulse to the wall and it's a lot of current current event and political opinions and stuff um, a lot of which are not very popular with the mainstream narrative but um (laughs) I, i tell my my boss that like you know this is my escape it's like my video game or my golfing like I got four kids. I have a day job like that keeps me going all day. This is like I get together with my buddies and we just talk about all the ridiculous stuff going on in the world. Like it's it's an escape for me. So it's kind of more of a hobby and, you know, it'd be nice to make some money at it. But in the meantime, like it's kind of more of like a labor of love. Yeah. And then pause to the wall. That's because it's you and your brother doing this one as well. Yeah, that was kind of a confusing story. So originally <laughs> I, I the problem I had with the Motor Madhouse was that. I love cars. Don't get me wrong, but I have a lot of interests and I was kind of pigeonholed where I could only talk about cars. So I wanted to do one where I could just do like a Joe Rogan style where I can just talk about anything. I'll talk about cars or barbecue or my brother's a big jujitsu guy, um, music, uh, anything. I wanted to talk about all the, even, even politics. But, um, I started the day after the election and I called it the Mike Paul cast. And like the first three guys I had were political commentator podcasters that I listened to. They all agreed to come on before I even had my own podcast. So I had a pretty bang up lineup out of the gate and uh, it kind of got pigeonholed into politics now. So I'm <laughs> back to the same problem. So I all cast for like the first four episodes, but my brother got really excited by these high profile guests that we were having that, that he was a big fan of. So being that we were both last name, Paul, we were talking with some, uh, some ideas and uh, one of our friends said, Paul's to the wall. And we're like, Hell yeah. <laughs> so yeah, here we are. And we're not changing it anymore. I'm done doing rebranding. <laughs> we'll see with uh, with the custom couple. Uh, we're not so much a car podcast as we are just a 
culture and lifestyle. Oh, yeah. We talk about cars, music, uh, pinstripers, artists, like anybody and everybody loves cars. Like you don't even need to do any of it. Like you can just love cars in general. And we love talking to people. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. I've been I've been listening to your podcast since we uh, reconnected. And it's it's, you know, it's one of those things where I've been kind of so consumed with all just the current event stuff and listening to my mainstream lineup of podcasts that I forgot how fun it is to listen to podcasts about fun topics. Like, just, <laughs> like it's like, oh, I forgot. I hate politics. That's the reason I, I don't like this stuff. It's just like, I feel like it's important, but like listening to you guys, just like it, you forget about all the nonsense going on in the world. Like this is the, the fun hobbies, the fun part of life. So right. A, and of course, show. of course we would start this podcast like in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we're, <laughs> We get, we're, you know, we both were essential workers, you know, to, our listeners out there can't see the quotation marks we're making, but, uh, you know, we were both uh, essential workers and, uh, we didn't get to like stay home during the pandemic, but we also didn't get to go out and do anything other than We were than gone work. more than we were at home. Like we were not <laughs> at home at all. So everyone's like, man, you must have enjoyed it. We did not. We were working all the time. Yeah. But, wow. uh, you know, at the same time as like, man, we, you know, we don't get to go out and do anything you know everything got shut down car shows got shut down and we were just like man well let's get some recording equipment and we talked about it for a long long time mm-hmm. and then finally uh for my birthday she shows up with recording equipment it's like here we're gonna start a podcast <laughs> that's awesome i love it no it's, it's it's a really fun hobby and uh yeah it's it's a great escape like i said and, and you know the that the initial part of the lockdowns is hard for us too. I was I was off work for a little bit until we knew what was going on, but it was short lived. But um, and it was brutal because we have well at that time a seven year old, a three year old, and one and a half year old twins. So we were trapped in the house and couldn't oh, get help. We were afraid to bring grandma over to help, and we yeah. didn't know what was going on. So like we're stuck in the house, getting groceries delivered, going insane, and we're in the process of moving. We had an offer in on this current house we're in. And the whole world went to hell the day we put our last house for sale and we didn't think we were ever going to get to this house. So it was like just all our life plans just got stopped. And we're just stuck doing this like Groundhog Day routine of taking care of kids all day. <laughs> oh my God. The house can't get help. So, yeah, I was I wish I uh, had my podcast going. It could have been a little bit more of an escape, but it wasn't quite there yet. <laughs> oh, my God. That that does sound just absolutely insane. But it's like, yeah. you know, we we don't talk politics on our show uh normally but then like i said we started this thing right in the middle of a pandemic so it's like what topic is on your brain right you know, on your mind we and- always go back to it oh. we're like all right we're just gonna veer back and then we're gonna come back around like we're fine it's hard it's, it's, it's like encroaching on every square inch of your life you can't get away yeah. from it it's on the commercials it's in your kids schools it's just you it's everywhere you go there's billboards it's like just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I, want. I mean that that did end up being like uh you know questions that we asked with a with a few of our guests is like you know how did you function you know trying to do what you do? Yeah, you how know, did it affect you? You know, we we talked to uh musicians, we talked to artists, you know, it's like well if you're an artist and your main you know way to get money for your art is to go to art shows and go to car shows to sell your art. How do you do that in the middle of, you know, everything else shutting down? Yeah. You know. No, it's brutal. I mean, I was looking so forward to like Hot Rod Drag Week was supposed to come last year to our local drag strip. 
Um, I was planning on taking the day off of work, have some buddies come out for that. They're all going to camp out. And then that got canceled like two weeks before it happened. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, this was like <laughs> one car event finally. And they, they pulled the plug on that. But the good news is they did uh, reschedule it and it will be coming back uh, in a couple weeks here. So, oh, yeah, you did. Uh, you invited us up there for that. Uh, it's coming up. You know, by the time folks listen to this, uh, <laughs> it'll yeah. already have passed. <laughs> so y'all yeah, missed it'll be out. September, September 16th, because uh, Byron Dragway is the closest track to me. And uh, they're going to come through that way. I think they're in Cordova and like all these. There's a lot of tracks in the Midwest. So they hit like five of them in five days. And they got to bring their own trailer. And they can't have like a follow car to help them. They got to drive them from track to track and make a pass at each track. And they have to make it all the way till the end and whoever has like the best times from all the tracks averaged out like wins the event and there's some crazy grand prize so it's a pretty expensive but awesome hobby for to watch these guys do <laughs> oh i yeah cars is just expensive in general like, yeah. like it's just how does how does it go from 98 cent hot wheels you know as a kid to <laughs> Some of the ridiculous prices that we pay, like just trying to get an engine put in sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, those are about to be $10 Hot Wheels for this generation with the inflation going on. But, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> I get the point. Um, but yeah, man, it's crazy. It, it, it does escalate. And, you know, I've I've personally had over 50 cars and it started with a $1,000 Buick Roadmaster when I was 16. That was just, it, they're kind of like the poor man's Impala SS. They had the LT1 engine rear wheel drive 260 horsepower ran like a mid 15 second quarter mile oh it looks like God. a grandma car but that's what i could afford because i couldn't afford the impala ss because those were like five to six grand when i was a kid you know when i was young but then i just kept stepping up to like f body camaros and um ctsv cadillac c5 corvettes uh, i had a couple of gts vipers like just kept like setting the goal for the next one and next one and that was like a fun hobby i would just have a car for three months sell it and try to grab something bigger Cause I was single and living at home and working full time. So you can, you can do those kind of things, but, uh, you know, it, uh, that's, that's all, that's all on the back burner now. And, you know, as we'll get to in this episode, I'm officially going to be away from all my fun cars here pretty soon. Oh, <laughs> I was uh, like, that sounds like you, you've had over like 30 cars. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you know, a lot of the cars that you're, you're naming off here are, known to be more high performance cars were you doing a lot of racing or were you just owning them because they were high performance cars i would take them to the track occasionally to the drag strip just for fun but it was mostly just like a speed addiction um like i my my first corvette was supercharged to the 2000 with an ls1 and it made 512 wheel horsepower and that ruined me because once you had that, it's like now a stock one feels like a Prius. Like it just <laughs> not, like nothing feels fast anymore. Um, so like I need something more. So that's why I bought the Viper, um, which was pretty comparable. Um, they're like 450 horse, but they're super light. And they're, um, we always say they're like, those are like the pit bulls of cars. It's like, oh, they're not bad cars, just bad owners. Like they're very dangerous. <laughs> like no trash control, no ABS. Like that thing was, that thing was wild. Um, and then I just from that, I upgraded to a Pontiac G8 that was supercharged and that was 604 at the wheels. And, and that thing was just stupid. You, anytime you touch the gas pedal, you're doing 130. It was like, <laughs> this is going to kill me or get me in jail. So, and it was an automatic. So <laughs> I was like, I can't keep this thing forever. But uh, yeah, that, then you meet what, a girl and have kids. 
<laughs> that's uh that's exactly what happens uh, so sam bought me a model a and uh yeah it's a it's a wild child is what it is it's an adult go-kart it is the easiest mm-hmm. thing to turn on and drive and it will go very very fast it has no seat yeah. belts in it the seats aren't even bolted down <laughs> like it's it's gets pretty squirrely in that thing yeah, yeah it, nothing are... nothing in the the horsepower range that you're talking about but uh definitely one of those things like you said you know, as soon as you're pressing the gas, it's wanting to go. Like it doesn't yeah. have a, a a slow mode. It's uh no, it doesn't want to go light to light. It wants to get on the highway and just keep going. Oh yeah, it scared some people. <laughs> You've had some people yeah. in your passenger seat. They're like, mm, I was holding, I was holding anything I could, but nothing was down. Yeah, <laughs> I got a buddy with a Model A street rod. And I've only ridden in it like not even on a road, just like through a neighborhood, and it was. Just, I mean, you feel every bump in the road and every vibration. It's like, this thing is, I feel sketchy going out on the highway in this Oh, thing. yeah. But they're sketchy awesome. Sketchy, for sure. <laughs> this one, the, and the door latches aren't in it yet, so they they don't close very well. Uh, yeah. Or at all. Uh, they're, they're bungee corded shut right now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all our listeners like, are like, you still haven't fixed that? God damn. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, you can't be the telling them these things because then you gotta you gotta you know be accountable you know fix them. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, so I got the car in March and we've just you know started taking one thing at a time with it and it, it's been it's been really fun uh, taking it out to a couple little bar hopping events, but nothing uh, nothing long long road trips yet. Yeah, no. I mean they're they're fun toys. I mean I'm a uh, Looking forward to the days where I can get back into my car hobby with the kids get older, but I'm just hitting a point in my life where I'm like, they're just going to sit. I have no time to work on them. And, you know, most of my money's going towards diapers and groceries right now. So it's, uh, <laughs> and I, I always swore it would never happen to me. I'd watch all these people like being older than me, having higher paid jobs. I'm like, why don't you have anything fun to drive? What are you doing with your life? Like I was a young kid making like 15 bucks an hour and I, I had all these fun toys, you know? It's like, oh, because you have real adult bills. Yeah. <laughs> I'm living in an artificial kind of setting when you're living at home and and doing these things. Yeah, no, that's what what we've talked about. It's like, man, we got we got used to having a roof over our head and eating, so <laughs> yeah. eating regularly. Right. We're not in the we're not in that teen that teenage anymore. It's like, well, I guess I can eat this, or I can just wait another three days because I want this car part more than I want to yeah. eat. <laughs> Yeah, and then the the whole twin thing, like it's it's double everything. I mean, they go to the doctor, like our copay is one seventy. No, it's it's three forty when they go for their checkups because there's two of them. It's like everything's oh double, double, double. Gosh. Like it's just it's brutal. <laughs> so that is uh, oh man, that those are things that that folks that uh, don't have kids or don't have twins think about you know it's like what like double what do you mean you have to pay three hundred dollars to go to for a yeah. doctor's bill it's like Oof. yeah it's, it's it's nuts it's like man i remember spending three hundred dollars on a transmission when i was a teenager thinking that was like gonna set me back like years <laughs> like, how, am I gonna, how am i gonna rebuild this money no it's just like take my money oh i know and like just recently just looking at at some things like that is like I you know you go on Craigslist and get a a small block Chevy. Uh, normally, it still has the transmission stuck to it, and they're only asking like four and five hundred dollars for both. Yep. And now, shit, you can't get just the engine with with heads for that. <laughs> like, 
yeah, used to be able to get a complete nuts. engine for that, but uh, yeah. it's just spiked. And a lot of it has to do with like, you know, these things are just going away. And, yeah. you know, more, I mean, things that you thought were just normal, you know, throwaway engines. It's like, man, now it's, they're almost looking like gold these days. For sure. <laughs> and, and then just a lot of hobbies in general, like people had their stimulus checks, they were home and like everything from like mountain bikes and uh, dirt bikes, snowmobiles, like every recreational uh, vehicle, like just appreciated like crazy. I mean, I, I had like a, I had a, a Yamaha Raptor four wheeler a few years ago and it took me like two months to sell it for 2200 bucks and it was it was like mint um and now i can't touch a beater for 3500 bucks like they just almost doubled yep so uh, a friend of mine coined the term he said that every single middle class dad hobby like doubled in price over covid like, <laughs> <laughs> all the affordable things <laughs> oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna be repeating that i'm just letting y'all know right now uh, there's gonna be some guys at work that hear that exact phrase because we talk about it constantly like you know all the cool shit that we try to do on the weekends and it's like man you can't afford to do half of it anymore I remember we tried Sad. doing things with our five-year-old and we're like, oh, we're just going to go do this little fun thing. It was like 60 like sixty or 80 bucks. I was like, what did I pay for? I was like, Jesus, <laughs> we didn't even eat yeah. yet. Like, it's just crazy. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's too much. I can't deal with it. I can't deal <laughs> with it. It's unfortunate. Yeah, no, I hate it. That's why, that's why we have your squirrely truck for that exact reason, so I can have fun in that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to let the cat out of the bag. Sure. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually perfect timing because we bought, I bought another emblem to like just to have because I found the backing for it just to have okay. a spare one. So I was like, oh, this is great because we're also doing the episode today. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I was looking at it. I was like, man, uh, because when we when we saw the those uh, front grill emblems and uh, you know saw them for sale and people would take pictures of just the front like that's all you want to see and it's like okay but I need to know how this thing does it attach yeah. how, does it, is it a magnet it just sticks to it but, but, it's magic know, and uh, come to find out a lot of people would just lose that piece off the back and I was mm -hmm. like. But this one has it. It has the nut and everything for it. I was like, okay, well, it's a flat piece of metal. No wonder they just go missing. Right? So you can just use whatever washer you had in the garage at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The listeners so, are so confused. Like, well, Emblem for what? What are you talking about? What is, what is this big secret? So, <laughs> Sam, this is your car. No, you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> So as a as a few people know, uh, we have been on the search for a '59 Buick, and we weren't ever on the search for a '59 Buick until we almost had one. Until my heart was completely shattered. Let's rephrase that. <laughs> let's, let's rephrase that. <laughs> yeah, we almost had one on a whim. And then we almost had two on a whim. And then we almost had three <laughs> and then four. Yeah. It was just constant. It was ugh, ugh, it was horrible. It was horrible. That's the one thing I don't like about cars is when you find one, you're like so excited and you want to make the deal and then something happens and you're like, fuck, I really <laughs> wanted that to work. So it was ugh. 
So, Mike, what, what's the one car that got away from you? One that I had or that I couldn't, that I tried to buy and couldn't get. Uh, which which story is more heartbreaking? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that's a good question. Um, oh well, I guess this one only because the the profit motive. This was just uh, a couple years ago when I was, you know, I'm trying to battle still being a car guy while being a father, and bills are flying out the window. But I found a like a. 82 DeLorean and just being a kid that grew up in Back to the Future, I just like want to check that one off the bucket list, even though they suck as a car objectively. <laughs> um, but it was a situation where the guy uh, inherited it from his father, had no interest in it. It'd been sitting for a decade. He was told it has a bad fuel pump, but it looked very nice cosmetically for $14,000. And I'm like, ah, they're expensive to fix if it's something more than that. They, they break all the time. They're terrible cars, but 14 grand seems very light. So I didn't have a truck or trailer at the time. Uh, my dad was out of town with his. Uh, I was trying to borrow a trailer from a friend. Couldn't get it together. Long story short, we got hit with a blizzard that night. It was like six hours away in Indiana. It was just too much. And I was like, There's, I can't pull this off. So I I didn't go. Next day, a guy came. Because I, I like told him over the phone I'd take it. Uh, someone else came up from like Georgia and paid like 16 grand, like 2000 over asking for it. And I think he sold it for in the thirties, like a few weeks later. Oh, like, oh my God. That one was like, maybe I should have just uh, drove through the blizzard, but Hey, <laughs> no, maybe I could have. <laughs> I, I think kids. at this point, like after, after having four 59s within our grasp and, this being the fifth one that we that we've finally been able to make a deal on, I, I think Sam would be already be driving in this blizzard. Oh, I would. Like I very much would. <laughs> yeah, I've I've already we've already becoming a master plan of like, all right, so I'm gonna take like a week off because I'm gonna want to have fun when I get home. I'm not gonna want to go to work. <laughs> I don't want anybody to bug me. I just want to be in it all the time. So, yep. uh, completely heartbroken and scouring the webs for another 59 Buick, Sam came across your wife posting about y'all's car. Mm-hmm. and uh, which, was, which was literally me using her Facebook, but yes. <laughs> That's what I told him. I was like, I was like, he said, I was like, they said that, you know, it was, he was in this group because it was a 59 Buick group. And so I started following that for a couple months. I was like, every so often they pop up. I was like, but then they're gone in like five minutes. Like they already take the yeah. posting down. I was like, oh my God, I need this. And uh, so like, she's already like, you know, trying to figure out okay where is this at how can i get to it i'm i'm going to find this car and and i i, I got to have more information and then by the time that uh that you uh were like okay yeah here's my phone number i type in your phone number into my phone and your name actually popped up and i was like that's mike backtrack i showed him the video i actually showed him the video you sent me the two videos and he's like i know that podcast and i was like well that's who's selling the car yeah there's my 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 old podcast logo is still on the door which is just a vinyl thing that should just peel right off but yeah so the logo is still on there it's the one thing that's kept the podcast alive in case i ever wanted to resurrect it no that was like the first thing he's like i know that podcast i was like well that's great here's his number (laughs) go talk to him yeah and i'm just like at that point you know i was already calling i was already dialing the number and calling you and i was like man this is absolutely insane that uh, this is four years later 
Yeah. After yeah. both of us have gone <laughs> out of the podcasting, out uh, of car realms, and you know, and come back to it, and then here we are again, crossing paths again. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, it's so, such a wild story. And before I even knew that, like, you know, you were the the your fiance. Husband, wife, wife. yeah, yeah, wife. Wife. Okay, you guys are married. Okay, yeah. we didn't get to have our wedding, but we because of COVID. But yeah, we we got married, and then we started planning uh, for our five year is when we'll have the big, the cool. big celebration. <laughs> awesome, that's really cool. Yeah, we. Uh, so that's but before I knew you were the husband, um, it was just your wife that was like clearly like in love with this thing i can tell right away like okay i think this is uh meant to be here but it's telling my wife because my wife loves it i mean it's been here since we started dating i had the car before i met her <clears throat> so she, we're, we have a lot of good memories in it but uh she's not like a car girl she's just like she's even like most of the time she doesn't want to take it because we just she likes it certain times but she's like it just people stare at me too much i feel like being stared at you know like it gets a lot of attention <laughs> but um we, like long story short she could not believe that a female was the one that was interested she's like oh i ne- never saw that coming and i was like hey they're they're out there we're you know it's they're contagious these cars Oh, oh, extremely. No, I'm a big Finn person. So having Finns in the front and back, I was like sold, immediately oh. sold. You know, and if if people aren't familiar with the 59 Buick, they should pause and go at least Google one because it is the most like outrageous looking car, <laughs> you know, that, that came out of that whole uh, Americana era. Um, and it's like people either have like this reaction where they think it's like repulsive and ridiculous or like I need five of these. Yep. Like there's, there's like nothing None in between. between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you think about like all the cool things that you can do with one. And I mean, you're, you're just up all night and like, mm-hmm. I, I, I could do this and I could do that. Even a, another guest that we had on the show, uh, when we were still early in our search for one, uh, even he was like, that's one of my favorite cars. And I always thought you could do, you know, really cool things with it. I was like, man, like there's a whole culture just behind this, you know, one year Buick. I mean, I guess yeah. 60 is similar, but 59 is, is more, uh, it's similar, but literally almost nothing's interchangeable other than the glass. It's, it's wild. Even the frame is different. Like it's an X frame in 60 and this is a perimeter frame in 59. So like mm-hmm. they change the frame, they change the cars to like an average non-car person look the same. They would, probably mistake them for the same car but if you look close the body lines are different the doors don't interchange the fenders don't interchange that literally sounded like me when i was explaining that to him because he found me 60s i was like no no this is different this is different this doesn't no that's not what i want Mm -hmm. i want this style (laughs) like it looks so angry in 59 and then it looks like it you know it went to some anger management classes in 60 right it's attitude that's literally what uh... i said i said it was the meanest looking face on a car and i loved it i love how evil it looks like oh i just love it (laughs) yeah it it is i mean it's I've, i've been since I was probably 12, I've had my sights on wanting one of them. I did have three at one point, and this is the only one that stuck around. I had a two-door hardtop, which I really wanted, but it was really rough. And uh, then I had another flat top. Um, it's a four-door flat top. It's basically, it's got the roof of the convertible, so it looks like a factory chop top. And mm-hmm. then it's a hard top, so there's no pillar in between the two doors. So it's, it's a really sleek-looking car. Now, the other one I had came from New Mexico. Bought it sight unseen. 
um <clears throat> and i got it here and it was like it was that like mint green but it was all just sun beaten from sitting in the desert since the 50s like it was it had the coolest patina i've ever seen and not a speck of rust it, just, it was a desert rat yeah but the interior was like dissolved like all the vinyl and everything was gone from the, <laughs> i mean it needed a lot of work the motor seized up probably in the 70s and it just sat in a, in a desert but i bought your sight unseen um then i actually I was going to build that car. And um, I told Matt this on the phone, the way I got the car that you're buying was two weeks after I got that car delivered, like I'm on top of the world, like all these plans, I'm going to LS swap it. I want to do burnouts. Like I was all excited. I'm up at a work party up in St. Paul and my buddy texts me. He goes, Hey, you're in Minnesota right now. Right. And I was like, yeah. He's like, check out this 59. And the, the car that you're buying was for sale. And I was like, oh, man, that's pretty, that's one, this one already runs. Like, this is like way closer. <laughs> like, this is a way better car. So I started, uh, I was like, well, let me see how far it is from my hotel. It's nine minutes from my hotel. I'm like, well, now I got to look at it. Um, and I go there and I'm just like, oh, man, like this thing is such a better piece to start with. Way less money needed to get this thing on the road. Um, and I told the guy, I'm like, well, I'll be back to Minnesota next week with a trailer because I can't get this thing home right now. So I doubled back the next week, picked it up and bought it. So I had those two in my garage. Um, then I had the 59 two door, which was pretty rough. And that was another crazy story how I got that one. My my buddy, um, who's also a 59 junkie, I think he has five or six of them in a barn right now. Um, so we're, oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, and we're, we're childhood friends too, but we came across this obsession separately. And when we were older, it was really weird. This 59 world is very odd but um <laughs> he uh he sent me the link to it and the, it was also in northern minnesota like way up there and it was like two grand and i was like it was a two-door so i'm like i gotta buy this thing um but it was really rough i mean a lot of rust motor was locked up it was black though i mean it was a really mean looking car two-door hardtop and um i was like well i gotta drive all the way to minnesota to get it for two grand like i'm gonna have that much money just you know because it was way up there i was like well i know a shipper that uh is out of iowa let me give him a call and see just out of for shits and grins of how much it would cost to get shipped here. So I call him and he's like, he goes, uh, well, where, where's the car at? And I give him the name of the town in Minnesota. He goes, have you paid for this thing yet? I was like, no. He goes, uh, well, how much is it? I was like two grand. He goes, well, here's the thing, Mike, I'm an hour from that town right now. And I got an empty spot and I got two grand cash on me. You want me to pick it up for you? And I'm like, what? 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 Like I met this guy one time. He delivered one car for me like two years ago, and now he's financing a car for me and delivering <laughs> it to me. And he charged me like two hundred bucks for delivery because I was I was I was coming through my town anyways, and he had an empty spot. So Friday oh, night at five o'clock, out. my buddy calls me about this. By noon the next day, the thing's in my driveway, <laughs> like, <laughs> completely paid for and delivered. And then I sold that car to my buddy, and then he sold it back to me, and then I sold it back to him, and then it sold it to someone else in Kentucky. Over the course of, like, seven years, we never did anything with it. But it was, like, we wanted to keep it in the family. We kept, like, trading it back and forth, but it was another thing. It just had to go. It was just sitting around, and I was tired of moving it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so 59s are addictive. That's the moral of the story. It's a, Yeah, it's a sickness for sure. Yeah, because, yeah, you're right. I mean, we... I never had the the uh, the want to get a '59 Buick. It just never really hit my brain ever until a friend of mine had one, and I was just like, "That's a that's a really cool car. I really dig it." And, and he had it. I think it was on airbags, mm-hmm. and you know, it, and 
it was just like this really cool car. And I always like loved the fact that it was so angry in the front. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when we started searching for cars, it just became this thing of like, well, I like it, but I don't love it. And everything we were coming across was, I like, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. And until she started seeing more Buicks come in, and she was like, I love that. I started comparing <laughs> all the years, and I was like, let me look at this. I was like, eh, I don't like that. Eh. I was like, this, done, sold. <laughs> Where do I find one? <laughs> like, I would stop. I was obsessing over it. I would stay up, and I would like wake you up at like 3 in the morning. I'm like, look, look at this one. Look at this one. This one's nice, but it needs a lot of work, so we can't do that because I don't want a project. I want yeah, it to run well, so I can just start. <laughs> they're getting harder and harder to find because there's a huge cult following in Sweden and all over Europe for these things. Yes. Like, I'm, that, that other flat type I mentioned, that green one that came from New Mexico, I sold that to a guy in Belgium. I was about so. to say that. I saw that uh, in that Buick group that there's like four or five in Germany and then there's one in like France. Mm-hmm. Like they're popping up over there and a lot of people from the US are commenting on it being like, would y'all, they're like, no, we won't sell them. But I've yeah, seen like a I, couple people that like, they'll have, they get shipped over there and then they never come back and people are scared that they're going to all go over there and there's not going to be yeah. any here. There is an obsession with America 1950s culture, like Elvis Coca-Cola tail fins, like mm-hmm. in Sweden. Like they have these massive car shows, like thousands of American cars. It's, it's nuts. They they love our stuff sometimes more than we do, it seems like. <laughs> um, but that was kind of a sad one because I sent that car to Belgium. Then like two weeks later, um, I went through a broker um, and the, the broker contacted me asking me if I had any parts for it. Like they needed trim parts. And I'm like, no, why? They're like, oh, well, they didn't strap it down correctly in transit and it ran into the front of the it moved on the water and hit the storage container it like smashed the front end and i was like oh no like that car was so perfect (laughs) that is a horror story we did the same sound right now because i just felt the heartbreak and i was like oh that's so hard that is one of the main things that was determining our factor in this hunt was all of the chrome trim and like the different spots and and especially the chrome trim coming across the front of that hood like yeah. like that is one of the things that uh that we also noticed like going from 59 to 60 60 got rid of a lot of the chrome yeah and it, you know it just doesn't look the same it doesn't have that same uh it wasn't as sharp yeah as i wanted it to be yeah, she pointed yeah. that out to me immediately she's like it's got to have this chrome trim on that front hood i was or- like in the 60 it doesn't have it i was like it looks too <laughs> yeah. soft now i don't like it <laughs> like, I, was just, I would not budge i would not budge we had many friends that were like you we have a six does like, no that's that's not what i want i want yeah, this. It's, it's apples and oranges it's yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean I mean, and it's, it is hard with these cars because virtually nothing is reproduced because although you and I are crazy about these things, not enough of the market is so that not a lot of the parts get remade. And the only parts that interchange with Cadillac and Chevy who have endless parts because those cars are super popular, the Impalas and the, you know, 59 Cadillacs with the, the those iconic tail fins. The only parts that interchange are the carpet and the glass. Yes. The windshield. So mm-hmm. you crack your windows, that's good. You can replace that, but. Your trim, your fenders, and like that. No, you're you're going to the pages and the forums, and you're waiting patiently. And yep, paying oh, a lot of yeah. money. And yeah, and a lot of those pages are like freaking piranhas. As soon as somebody posts something up, yeah, <laughs> no. So we're all sickos. Like everyone, everyone has to have multiple, so they're all like 
you know, <laughs> everyone's hoarding their own 59 Buick stash and they need parts and <laughs> oh, no yeah. one wants to sell anything. I remember so, there was yeah. one guy in that group. He had an emblem and he was like, oh, I have an extra. I was like, oh, okay. Do you want to sell? He's like, no, I just want to keep it to myself. I was like, why would you post it saying that like, <laughs> I may I may give it away, but it's like, nah, I want to keep it. I was like, now nah, you just frustrated me because you said you wanted to give it away. Now we're yeah. now I got to start back to square one. But I think that yeah. was like the craziest thing in this hunt was like having to find one that had like all of the pieces because people were like, oh, I'll find it later. I'm like, you will not. This is hard. <laughs> like I look just in general just to see like what we could find. And I was like, oh, God, this is a lot harder. Like I knew it was hard, but I didn't know it was that hard to find every yeah, little sure. piece. So and, like, you know, and this this one was wild. So when I put the feelers out on the, the page, um, you know, I was like, I know this my, my car is pretty custom. I mean, you could go back to stock if you wanted to, but I figured the person buying this. The reason why I did what I did to it was because it it's a four door. So if I wanted to paint it and restore it, like I'm going to put more money into it than it's worth to get it perfect back to stock. So I was like, it's got awesome patina. patina. I just ran a buffer over it, got the original like faded paint gleaming. So it's kind of a really wild look. Um, it's two-tone blue and white. Um, then my buddy, Ryan Schmidt, down in Streeter, Illinois, he does all kinds of custom work. Uh, his dad's a super renowned uh, hot rod builder, and he had his own shop. He's about my age, and I was really busy with work. And I was like, hey, can you just throw this thing on some airbags? And here's a sound system, and like, I just want to be driving this thing like next month. Like, I don't have time for a project. So he did it for a very reasonable rate, and so it's got air ride. You got nice sound system with a touchscreen with XM radio and uh, nice uh, speakers and Bluetooth and all that fun stuff. Threw some flamethrowers on the exhaust just for the wedding. Um, <laughs> haven't really used those since. But uh, and, and even for the pictures for the wedding, it kind of sucked because our photographer left before dark. And I was like, no, I need you to stay till dark for this. And, she, oh, and so we have some really grainy cell phone pictures of the flamethrowers going off. But hey, we did it. It was the goal. The other day, I I told Sam that we need to recreate yeah y'all's wedding picture. So we're gonna do that, yeah. So, so we're gonna do that for our <laughs> wedding. We're gonna recreate that exact picture and have them both awesome. side by side. Because I was like, that's it. That's what it has to be. <laughs> I, th- I awesome. thought that'd yeah. be a fun idea. And and you mentioned um, pinstriping. So my friend Ryan at the time, his girlfriend was an artist and a pinstriper. So she um, did the pinstriping on the trunk lid, on the hood, and then she. Uh, put summertime blues on the uh, trunklet after the 59 um, Eddie Cochran song summertime blues mm-hmm. yeah so I was like hey it's blue you know it's fun you know it's the era it's correct and then I got the license plates that match it says no cure summertime blues when you're behind it um, then the dashboard but no dice son you gotta work late mm-hmm. quote from the song yeah so yep. It's, it was kind of personalized so I was like I, I don't know how if anyone's gonna want this thing or be like I gotta undo everything this guy did but, like I didn't know how people would receive <laughs> But boom, I think in 20 minutes you had it bought. (laughs) Yeah, I was, no, I was, no, I was so dead. Like I would stalk that page religiously. Like I was just like, no, I'm going to find one. I was like, cause the minute anybody posts something, I was like, I was like, that's it. There's like 20 other people right after me. There's 20 people before me that are already messaging. I was like, no, this is mine. (laughs) Like, yeah. And it was, uh, it was, I mean, I never would have really considered selling it we're gonna keep it my, my kids are heartbroken the older two but um they'll get over it but um <laughs> <laughs> my dad did it to me all the time like you did a gsx or a gto and i'm like oh we gotta keep this one and boom it's gone and i just i'm numb to it they, <laughs> they come and go but um you know i was just doing the math and i'm like you know we got a payment on the truck we got a payment on the van this thing's sitting here 
I'm trying to keep mice off of it. I'm keeping the tires up. Like I start it, I drive it once in a while to get gas. The kids like it, but it gets hot because there's no air conditioning. I don't have time to throw the air conditioning kit in it that I want to do and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, we've had five years with it. Like maybe we've run our course. Like maybe it's time to send it to someone who wants it a little better. I could pay off the truck, pay off the van, buy a plow for my truck. We, we move in a, we have a big driveway now. I'm like, the adult decision like i had a i had a, I had a car guy devil on one shoulder and a personal finance angel on the other like battling me all day i'm like i know i know i want to sell it like don't want to pull out of any other investments right now i was like this is the only thing that's like you know it's not necessary i don't need it even though i really like it i don't want to sell it so i just had to convince myself that it's time to grow up and get rid of all the toys and i am literally stuck with my wife has a minivan and I have a Prius. So I've come a long way. I've fallen pretty hard. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> tugs at I the got a full size Chevy truck though. So that kind of redeems me somewhat. <laughs> that see, and that's used, my next thing is I need to get it. So I used truck. to excuse the Prius. People would. <laughs> yeah. I used to excuse having a Prius. Cause like, guys, you can't give me any crap because I literally have a 59 Buick that lights gasoline on fire out of the exhaust just for fun. So like I, I, I get to like that offsets the Prius, but now I can no longer say that. I mean, we've got a friend with a smart car that is just going around in circles. He's he does everything with his smart car. He pulls a boat with it. He it he, is hilarious <laughs> when he drives that little smart car. <laughs> he pushes that thing to the limits. I don't know how he does, but he does. Yeah, but, shout out to Steve Lee. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, like with your kids being like hurt and stuff, that's how our daughter Penny was because she's five. She's been around cars since she was a little kid. She loves cars. She tells all her little kindergarten friends that she's like, I'm in a car club. I'm like, okay. I mean, it's your club. It's not mine, I guess. But, you know, when we sold my Thunderbird, she yeah, was my- just so heartbroken about it. She was like, you're getting rid of it. Like, it's supposed to be mine. I was like, oh, we're going to get another one. I promise you it's going to be so much cooler. You're going to love it. And so we started showing her pictures and videos of the <laughs> Buick. And she's like, <gasps> She's like, that's going to be mine. I was like, damn, I don't even get to enjoy it. You're already calling dibs. <laughs> yeah. No, my my stepdaughter's eight, and she was three when I came into the picture, so she doesn't really remember life without it. She's been riding in it since she was you know, really little, since her earliest memories. So when I told her, I was like, well, I got some news. I think we're going to be selling it. You would think I just told her we were getting her dog put to sleep. Like, she oh. just started crying hysterically. And my wife was like, relax, sweetie. It's just a car. And she's, like, on the ground with a temper tantrum just crying, saying, no, no, no. Like, she said, she'll buy it from me. I mean, it was just like, stop. You're, you're breaking my heart. Like, I was like, it makes sense. You understand when you're older. Like, you yeah. got to make. I was like, you know, sometimes I tell you, like, you have too many toys you don't need anymore. Well, sometimes grownups do that, too. And right now, daddy's doing that. So. <laughs> She but, just um, she just goes to her room, brings all her toys out, take them all back. I will trade. I, will, <laughs> yeah. I don't want said, any of it. She told me she would sell all her toys, so so if we needed money, she could she could oh. pay everything. Oh my gosh, breaking my heart. But um, yeah, uh, they, they call it flatty because it's a flat top body style, so they call it old flatty. That's what the kids refer it to as like, oh, I want to go in old flatty. Where's old flatty? <laughs> so, we have we have flat top Fridays where we just take it out for a cruise. We call it flat top Friday. So Aww. it's a yeah, like oh, a, that's, like awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That's uh, awesome. Have we figured out how far from us to Illinois is? <clears throat> no, I how haven't. Many hours. We're gonna have to figure oh. out how to get you down to San Antonio at some point. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> San Antonio, I can look it up right now. I'm I'm almost to Wisconsin, so I'm way up here. That's mm, I'm not hundred percent sure. Because Penny has fam Penny has uh her other other family side that live in Wisconsin, so it's a pretty good drive. So it's a thousand sixteen miles and it's still loading. Seven eh, eighteen hours. Seventeen yeah. hours. All right. All right, eighteen hours. You're gonna have to come down and eat some some uh some Mexican food with us and hang out at Hell some yeah. point with uh with the wife and four kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it stops there. <laughs> a little stressed out right now. <laughs> but yeah. No, it was it was crazy. I went from I went from no kids to four in three years. So be careful. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a big jump. Yeah. That yeah, is a big a, jump. Met a girl, she had a she had a child, so I had a stepdaughter. Um, things went pretty quick. My son was born 364 days after we met. Just leave it at that. Um, and then we uh, tried for a third after we got married and got twins. And you so got double. Like, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> double. So. That is what he is really? terrified of. He is ter- He's like, that'll be my luck. I'm like, it probably would. It yeah, because we're in that we're in that mode where it's like, I think we can do one. And but then it's like, I like cars, so I don't know which <laughs> one. I don't know if it outweighs. I was like, well, we have one. I was like, so I'm kind of okay with that. And she doesn't want any like siblings. She religiously says that no, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> got it. So I don't know. We're kind of in that boat right now. We're like, do we want? Do we don't? But uh, as of right now, I'm like, no, no. Penny wants yeah. to be in a car. She wants to be in a hot rod car, and she wants to drive around and be cool. So that's expensive in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you get, it, it requires a lot of sacrifice for sure. So it's I don't I I totally respect people who want to take it at a slower pace. We uh. Really, just kind of went hard out of the gate here. <laughs> yeah, we figure we figure by the time we're in our forties, our kids will all be at a more independent age, and we can kind of relax then. So that's the that's the goal. But yeah, it's uh, and by that time, a Honda Civic is considered classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, that's wild. I was looking at a um, there's like an 07 Roush Mustang the other day at a car show we were at, and I was like, you know, it was crazy. It's like within the decade, this thing will qualify for antique plates. Yes, like, it's yep. like this thing still looks brand new to me. It's like exactly. a high end Roush Mustang, but yeah, these it's, the years are flying by. They are, they absolutely are. So for our listeners out there that uh, that have been listening to us ramble on about all of this, uh, we would like you to write in and uh, let us know if you prefer cars and dogs over having more kids, and we'll we'll. Take that into consideration. <laughs> Some polling data. No, every no, no. I already know if we ever had a kid, he'd be like you. He'd be hell on wheels. He'll be you, hell you'd on be wheels. You'd be lucky if he was like me. No. He'd be hell on wheels. He'd be crashing everything. Well, Mike. You know, he, <coughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, was I say, I, I just realized that I think we're, we might be making podcasting history here because. We never formally signed a bill of sale, and you guys just sent me a down payment in good faith, um, which is cool. I'm glad we have that relationship. But, like, if I was to, like, try to screw you over on this deal, like, this podcast would hold up in court as, like, we contracted this deal. <laughs> this, is our, this is our bill of sale. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't, need, I didn't even think of that either. 
Is this, like, has this ever happened before? Has anyone ever sold a car on a podcast before? Right? Is this, is this oh, that's a good that's a good question. If you're listening to this podcast, but have you, you ever had this, it on video and audio? Because we have, yeah, we have yeah, video Zoom, like, and audio. Every, that's contractual crazy. agreement. That's so crazy. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Pretty cool. Oh man! Now I'm gonna have to go out and tell everybody how much we paid for this car. <laughs> no, I'm not no doing we are not those people. <laughs> not doing I'm that, that. I'm that person who'll be like, "Hey, you know how much I paid for it, but I don't need everybody else to know how much I paid for no, it." No, no, definitely not. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, dude, we appreciate you being on with us and hanging out. And uh, I know it's getting late, and uh, you know, absolutely love the fact that we could do this and and talk some cars and i know you've been itching to talk cars lately so you know mm-hmm. is there any uh any other folks out there that you'd like to give some shout outs to any of your old listeners maybe or anything um, along those lines that's uh, it's funny you mentioned that so this is a quick little crazy story so mm-hmm. my new podcast has nothing to do with cars i mean there's no relation the name's not the same there's like it's four years apart when i started them so we, uh, I, I originally started my new podcast, Pulse to the Wall, and I advertised on a, pro- a podcast called Part of the Problem with uh, Dave Smith, who's the host. He has a really large following. He's been on Rogan several times. Um, he might be running for president in 24. So he's really big podcast. I bought some ad space on there, and it said, like, our name of our show, and it said with host Mike and Nick Paul. So, like, long story short, we get, like, engaging with people on Twitter with our new podcast. And there's this one guy who just messages saying, like, you know, I love the show. I really enjoyed the old show, too. And I think he meant the Mike Paul cast, the first 10 episodes before we were Paul's to the wall. Like, I liked it before it was mm-hmm. you and, and not just you and your brother. And then he's like, no, the car one. And I'm like, wait, you listen to the Motor Madhouse? He goes, yeah, I listen to every episode. I'm like, how, how did you find us? Like, <laughs> we're not even in the same genre anymore. And we changed the name of the show. He's like, oh, I happen to listen to, to part of the problem as well. And I heard your ad and I recognize your name. And I'm like, whoa. So his name's Sean Anderson. He's, our, he's like our biggest loyal listener. So it's kind of cool. That's story. really I'm cool. Yeah. That is absolutely awesome. I know we had we had several people that, that jumped on with uh with us when we started the custom couple that you know, I've always been like, well, yo, we're we're really glad that you're doing another podcast, and you know, they they've been following everything we're doing now, so it, it's just really cool. Like when you when you link up with folks like that, and then they they support you know all of your new genre, you know, of things that's going on, you know, like like you almost grow with people sometimes, so it's pretty yeah. rad. But uh, yeah. We will let you get to your normal life, and we'll let our uh, listeners uh, get to their normal lives. And uh, One thing before we go, one thing before we go. I also just want to say thank you because you have given me my dream car now. So for everybody <laughs> listening out there, a 59 Buick is coming home, and it will be mine. I, I could not be more thrilled where it's going. This this story is going to be an awesome place. Like, you know, I'd glad i know where it's at and you know got a cool relationship with you guys now and I'm sure i can get picture updates and all kinds of stuff oh yeah it's not going stuff. over it's not going anywhere it's mine yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I, didn't make the, I made the mistake of uh telling my daughter i'm like well it's again like, yeah, they, they got a little girl too she's in love it that was the wrong thing to say i didn't even think about that <laughs> sentence before I, she started screaming like now it's like you know now you're taking like her her like ex-boyfriend or something you know so i uh, bit my tongue i was like oh wait that that didn't land very well oh man 
You know what? I don't even know how to fix that burn. There's not an aloe vera in the world to so fix I that burn. I thought of one way, but I'm going to keep that a secret. I don't want either of you to know that, but I kind of have something that I'll be bringing with me when we go pick up this car. Okay. All right. We'll 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 get all that figured out for you. We'll we'll make the burn as less burn as possible. Yes. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> you know what? It's your car. You do the sign off. All right. Well, thank you for everybody listening. And in all things custom, keep it cool.